everyone. Hot Tag Wrestling Podcast. I'm Christy Francesco, George and Dina with me as always. Uh, so we have a lot to unpack here tonight, um, as one would say uh, in the wrestling podcast world. So I'm just going to get to a couple of things right off the bat, just to update people on what's going on over the next few weeks. So this week we are covering one show, which is Halloween Havoc 1994. Uh, next week, we are going to record two shows. That's the plan right now, uh, because the following week, or basically next week, next Saturday, I'm going to be gone for nine days. I'll be on vacation, so we're going to be, uh, um, I'm going to be, you know, persona non grata the following week, but I still want to continue with the order that we have planned out through the next year basically and i'm going to get into that uh so next week you're going to get halloween havoc 1998 what a way to send <laughs> me off on vacation yeah is to talk about that show and the following week uh, i'll have the show saved getting ready to publish so i can just go online and i'll publish it from vacation you will hear no mercy 2000 Ooh. uh so looking forward to getting into that wait that, uh, that's what we were that's what we were doing after that yeah, because then we really? go into No Mercy 2000 and 2001. I, I, I forgot about those. All right, cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, and then the other thing I wanted to bring up to people is oh, oh God. what the plan is following WrestleMania. Um, this is something that I'm, I spoke uh, and chatted up with Dean and George already about this. What we wanted, <laughs> you, you chatted us up here for a second. <laughs> I did. I chatted you guys up for a second, and I wanted to run an idea by them because, look, there's – I love going bouncing year to year doing certain things. That's, that's, that's fun, depending on what month it is and what follows that, you know, with that, that, that pay-per-view. However, I had this idea that I felt like was different and something that I don't think other wrestling podcasts do at all. And I feel like it's something that's, a, it was to me, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty humble guy, but I, I think it was a, a brilliant idea when it comes to this podcast. So after WrestleMania 39 um when we do the preview and then the review i want to start covering what it might even be wcw as well eventually i want to start covering um the years like complete years so let's just we're going to start with wwf 1992 which had four pay-per-views that year so what we're going to do is we're going to cover every pay-per-view in a row, in order, uh, for 1992. So what that will do, that's about, that's a month. So, you know, cause pretty soon we're going to get into about, you know, like 15 pay-per-views in a year, but that's, we're going to kind of try to steer away from that for a little while. Mm-hmm. So 1992, we're going to start what that's going to do for not just us in terms of research and talking about the show, but it's also for the listener and the person downloading the show listening is that you're going to basically hear in order the natural um, uh, line of events that led up to every pay-per-view, we'll be able to break that down of where, how we got to where we were. Um, 1992 was a, a, to me, a great year to start. Uh, Ric Flair had joined the company, became, you know, one of the arguably one of, if not the greatest Royal Rumble of all time. Um, and then we're going to take, phenomenal Rumble. yeah. And then we're going to take that just all the way through, um, Survivor Series. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that. Um, I had the list of the years that we were going to do, but I, I can't find them. Um, but just know that 1992 will be the first. 
Um, and then I think I jumped to like, I, I, it might've been 1998 or 1999. I think it would've been 1998. Was I think the, you're right. I, I, so I it, think, yeah. Okay. I'm sure we can find it in the text group. Though. Yeah, yeah, we'll find it. And then yeah. so that's where I'm going to be taking the podcast following <laughs> WrestleMania 39. Um, I brought it up to these two. If they didn't like it, I wasn't going to do it. But I'm, I'm, I'm happy that they both thought it was a great idea. I think it's good because it's something that we can really sink our teeth in uh, instead of jumping from, you know, we're doing Halloween Havoc today and then tomorrow, No Mercy 2000. So with the year set up, there's no denying, oh, what are we doing next week? What are we doing the following week? No, we're just following what the calendar year for the WWF was then. Um, eventually, because we've been doing so much WCW, I would like to do like 1996 WCW covering all of their pay-per-views uh, cool. and go and breaking down nitros and ratings and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, we will get to that. But now let's get to the reason we are here, which is Halloween Havoc. 1994 uh this was a a massive i mean you talk about a a, a transition period and an eye-opening period uh for the for world championship wrestling this show kind of <laughs> showed us some pretty wild things in terms of what wcw was like at the time and who really was running the show back then um and it's it's going to, this is going to be a tough one to, to get through because there's going to be some, some Terry shredding going on tonight. Um, there's going to oh, be, is that why I'm going to get mad? And, uh, I mean, there's going to be some, I'm going to say some things about flair, but mostly it's, it's going to be just a shred fest on Terry. So I'm, I'm looking forward to. Wait, wait. What, what am I supposed to get mad about the flair or the, or the, or the Terry stuff? Probably both. <laughs> well, I mean, listen, I agree with most of the, the, the stuff about Hogan. I mean, yeah. love him to death, lifelong Hulkamaniac, mm -hmm. but his, his politicking, especially when you look back in retrospective, it just drives me insane. Just, and, to, just the yeah. bullshit that he would pull. And um, George and I were talking. Terry, we're talking about Terry Taylor, Dean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Red Rooster. Uh, like George and I were talking, like, if you want to find a way to not like Terry Balea, this is the show you want to watch and pay attention to. <laughs> Excuse me. Are, are we calling him Terry Balea <laughs> as a play on Meltzer calling Triple H Paul Levesque? Because, yeah, George, yeah. wait a minute, did you tell him to do it too? Because he told no. me to do it with Saturday when we were driving to AC. <laughs> yeah. No, and then, no, he, Chris, Chris called me last night. Um, because Chris he was looking because Chris, uh, Chris called me last night and because he had just he listened to the 83 weeks on on um on Halloween Havoc 94 mm -hmm. and he was telling me some things about it and I was like hey you should call Hogan Terry the way like Meltzer calls Triple H Paul Levesque and I completely forgot that I told Dean to do the exact same thing on Saturday so now this is work. This just works out perfectly for me. Yeah. It's a dance. He, he told me on Saturday. I was like, okay. Except for I don't have any animosity towards. Uh, yeah. uh, I'm the, whole, the, I'm the real taskmaster. Sit down, Kevin Sullivan. Are you gonna fucking grunt on your way into the ring too? I'm also gonna just lose all of my hair and kill Chris Benoit's wife and kid. Your God. <laughs> um, wow. All right. <laughs> 
Spoiler, they're already dead. <laughs> um, oh, well, check. I, I guess I have nothing to do. <laughs> all right, I guess so I'll be Evad Sullivan. So here we go. Halloween Havoc, 1994. I have two uh, words, too, tonight. October 23rd, 1994. Good. From the Joe Lewis Arena in Detroit, Michigan. The attendance was 14,000. However, only 8,500 of those paid. Uh, so... Um, this was uh, the second biggest pay-per-view of the year in terms of buys for WCW at 225,000 um, uh, with a live gate of 189,000, which was their highest gate of 1994. Um, so, you know, WCW in 1994 is something that I, I didn't really remember so well, um, which made this going back pretty interesting for me. I know that Hogan, uh, you know, Hogan was, was already, um, there and that this was about you know a year before Nitro would officially begin. You know, I I had heard mixed reviews on this show, so I had mixed feelings going in. But that's the fun I felt like in, in this. You know, I knew what the main event was. So I'm like, you know, what about the rest of the show? What about the events leading up to it? Um, you know, so it's 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 good to for for me to go back and check this out. Um, I remember this show. Yeah, and I, I, I'm almost positive I uh, I ordered well, not me, but I'm pretty sure that this was a show that my and my dad and I ordered because mm -hmm. I, I I vividly remember this show. Um, I also remember the fact that I only like one match in the show, which would be the main event. No, which is the opener. Oh wow! Well, I mean, I like the main event actually, and from bell to bell, which I'll yeah. get into. Yes, yeah, the from match itself is is good, but I I'm. I have grown over over my. I mean, I, I didn't really like it back then because I've never really liked Hogan in WCW. Mm -hmm. um, I just consistently have always hated the fact that anytime Hogan and Flair locked up, you knew who was winning that match. Flair yeah, was and, never, never, ever, ever going over Terry Bollea. Mm -hmm. And my um, my fun fact uh, of of this main event is I do believe that this was. Hulk Hogan's greatest in-ring performance of his career. So I'll, I'll say that. After watching it again, and I recently oh. watched Rock versus Hogan, I think this was personally, from, from bell to bell, his greatest wrestling performance. You clearly didn't see him in the Tokyo Dome when he did it in Siguri. I did see that match actually. It was really. I meant like I guess in America. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was given seven. It was given seven stars over there. So. Hey, I, no, no joke. I liked that stuff that WWF did with uh, Japan. It was in yeah, the late, late late eighties. I thought that stuff was good. So Listen, I, mean, Chris, I really enjoyed it. If you think that this was Hogan's best in ring match, wait till you watch Halloween Havoc '98. Oh, I've yeah, seriously. That's it's going to solidify your stance. How could you? <laughs> So uh, after Fall Brawl, some new twists were added to the Hogan Flair storyline. We already knew that they would face each other in a cage with Hogan's career on the line, but it was announced that Mr. Cage. I, oh my God! It was. I'm gonna spill my water out when that thing came down. I know it was, <laughs> but um, but it was announced that Mr. T would be the special referee. This seemed, based on history that we all know, to favor Hogan until someone captured footage of Mr. T leaving uh, Michael Jordan's restaurant in Chicago with Ric Flair. Also, Hogan's new buddy, Dave Sullivan, goaded uh, Evad. Evad, Evad. Flair into putting his career up for stakes in the cage as well. Now, the loser of the match must retire. WCW constantly told fans that this would be the last time we see these two men fight, but I think we all 
knew better and know better. Um, Listen, if, if it's Flair in a retirement match, it's never the last. That's correct. Even now, <laughs> Flair um, is Flair's the Flair is the. Uh, I made the the, the uh, equivalent last night. Uh, basically, uh, Flair is the wrestling equivalent to Kiss. This <laughs> <laughs> is much better. Um, in other news, did, did you, say, on the, you say Kiss was much better. Oh yeah. Oh, I think he said this. Okay. Oh no, no, no. And other news thing is on this show, but he doesn't wrestle. He sits in the front row with glasses on because notice. it's it's. It, <laughs> um, He's not I, wearing makeup. That's true. I don't believe he was injured. I look back. He, I don't think he was. I think WCW wanted the focus to be on Hogan Flair here, uh, or Hogan wanted the focus to be on Hogan. Uh, so they didn't put Sting in a match. <laughs> Um, they know he's still seen as a top, top star in the company. Obviously, he's the second highest paid performer in the company at that time behind only Hogan. Um, I can understand WCW not wanting to overuse him, but I get the feeling Hogan definitely pushed for this. I doubt he sure. wanted to be overshadowed at all. Don't mm-hmm. quote me on that, but that's just a hunch that I had. Um, mm-hmm. So um, we're just going to go through the matches because I, I really just want to kind of get to that main event and talk. And there's a couple of things I want to talk about in the middle here with Steve Austin, that George, I'm going to give him the floor because he really took things to task uh, last night in a, in a conversation between he and I last night with some intermittent oh. nudes and everything, but it was a oh, lot of fun. Oh, where, where was I? You, were, you don't answer your phone. You don't answer your phone. <laughs> was, this, was this conversation after 11 p.m.? He, close. Yes. That's why. Because <laughs> um, I purposely wanted to wake up to watch to go to the gym early to watch Andor. Mm-hmm. So, um, first match here is a TV title: Johnny B. Bad versus the Honky Tonk Man. So, My kind boy. of back, background on this. Yeah, again, this is the beginning again of the Hogan. Yeah. In, this is the Hogan influence coming in here. So, the Honky Tonk Man joined WCW in September and immediately said he was gunning for the TV title. You know, I guess being Hogan's buddy gives him that privilege, obviously. Um, he's, yeah, facing Johnny, uh, he's facing Johnny B. Bad, who is suddenly a vampire on this evening. Um, t- Tony Schiavone said, uh, my goodness, he's got fangs. Yeah. <laughs> also, he was in a neck brace. Why? Uh, reasons. I, reasons. Yeah, they didn't really say anything. He was screaming the entire night. Um <laughs> Uh, he didn't respond by calling, you know, Johnny B. Bad a show off and impersonator, which made me realize this is essentially Elvis versus Little Richard in a, in a yes. TV title match. So correct. Um, that's that's correct. I so at the end, um, uh, you know, I, I don't quite understand the story they were attempting. Honky Nobody looks, does. yeah, you know, Honky <laughs> Talk Man looks really foolish for for slowing the pace with just awful holds. Even Heenan didn't even, even Heenan, like at one point, didn't understand his lack of urgency. Uh-huh. It was just slow, mostly consists of a lot of punches, a lot of chin locks. Johnny B. Bad, who normally has a lot of offense, because in this time, Johnny B. Bad was actually an exciting guy to watch. Um, I loved him. I did too. Like, I really dude, did. Listen, man, this is 94. I was seven. Uh, this guy came out with a mustache looking like little Richard fucking spraying confetti everywhere. This was right up my alley. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Johnny Bad had like no offense. If you're going to go to a draw, then the closing moment should be frantic, but we got none of that. This was yeah. bad, and the fans <laughs> booed the hell out of it. We got a we got a uh hoggy talk man uh rest hold at the rest hold because well <laughs> exactly. 
Um, and I like hockey I was, talk, man. I mean, I, 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 was, I never I was, hated a guy, but I was saying to myself earlier, like when we did the air docs, I'm like, yeah, Halloween Havoc 1994, or as Hogan called it, Hulkamaniac Havoc 1994. Yeah, it, it's basically you're right. So <laughs> like, everybody, everybody was brothered in this match. In this oh, God, yeah. true, man. Next, as you know, one of 900 video packages about Hogan and Flair, Tony introduces a video package that recaps the feud. They show the masked men attacking Hogan. Gene claims that Hogan walked two blocks back from the hospital for his match with Flair because, you know, at the time, I guess Hulk couldn't afford a car. Uh, um, so also, they show clips. Hey man, from- you, have to, you can't be strong riding a car. That's true. You're right. You, you got to walk back. That's right. Probably didn't. Probably didn't have any Hummers for him to rent. Yeah, you, you gotta. gotta you, you gotta walk back in a medical facility. You gotta be. You gotta be blue collar, <laughs> brother. Um, <laughs> they show clips from main event where Hogan tries to unmask the attacker, but it was a, dec- a decoy. The real masked man uh, attacks from behind. Finally, Gene dishes a little dirt by showing footage of Mr. T and Flair uh, leaving the restaurant, as I alluded to earlier. Tony questions whose side Mr. T is on. So Heenan realizes he has nothing to worry about. Also, I'm sure Heenan somewhere wrote down the lines, whose side is he on for later use? Because I'm going to remember this. Exactly. I got to keep this line. Um, next was the tag team title match, Pretty Wonderful, which was Paul Roma and uh, Mr. Wonderful Paul Lorndorff versus Stars and Stripes, um, which, you know, was, as we can tell, it's the Patriot and Buff Bagwell. Marcus. Bagwell, I'm sorry. Um, after nearly Marcus four Alexander Buffwell, Buffwell, and after just, just mute me, <laughs> and after nearly 14 minutes, um, pretty wonderful wins the tag titles. They're the new champions. Uh, and that's one thing I texted you guys. And one thing I didn't like about matches back in the in this early time of WCW where it's I felt like everybody got at least 10 minutes. Yeah. I was like, why? <laughs> if, if I wasn't if if I wasn't watching this at work and eating lunch at the same time, I would have fallen asleep. Yeah, it's it's really bad. Uh, mean Gene is backstage with Ric Flair and Sensuous Sherry. By the way, I had a really big crush on on Sensational Sherry growing up. Um, I don't uh, know why. You uh, but you 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 have you like cokeheads? Probably. I mean, Shawn Michaels is my favorite wrestler of all time. Um, Gene Sorry, doesn't know. Gene, Gene doesn't know if Sherry can keep a lid on it. I bet she can. But uh, Flair assures that she can. Rick promises the greatest celebration when Hogan is no longer with them. That's probably a work shoot. Uh, he says it all comes to an end courtesy of the limousine ride and jet flying wheel of the son of a gun. Uh, he also tells Hogan not to watch any tapes or videos before saying, your butt, my butt, it's all on the line. <sighs> well, that, that'll, that'll teach him. Um, then Flair calls Sherry the queen and asks if she's ready to go. She screams for about 40 seconds and repeats what Flair <laughs> says. So then he screams too, and then they both woo. It was wonderful. Um, the, the promo was nothing but butts and screams. WCW 94. Um, yeah, it wasn't so, one of Flair's Sounds best. like a standard Flair promo. I yeah, don't know what you're talking about. I know. No, it, it was definitely not one of his best. best. <laughs> Tony brings up the fact that Flair said the price is right, so he still thinks Mr. T sold out to Rick. Uh, Tony also says it was Dave Sullivan that goaded Flair into putting his career on the line, which transitions to the recap of the Sullivan's feud on WCW Saturday night. I'm just going to say this right now, that this was the worst match I have ever seen in my life watching pro wrestling. I mean, it, the story one is the worst story 
I, I mean, I'm trying to think of something, maybe Katie Vick or Mae Young giving birth to uh, a hand. No, I'm going to tell you what the, the, the second worst story of all time was when Hogan basically redid this in TNA with Abyss. Oh, you're right. God, he doesn't have a fucking creative bone in his body. <laughs> because, because you He's, know what? It works so well the first time. Let's do it again. I mean, I, like, yeah, remember, gonna, he, gave, he gave him his Hall of Fame ring and then he let us yeah. come out to American Maid. Yeah, like this is this is this is my thing with Hogan, and I've Chris said is this. Bro- I, Chris I've, is going to brother all over Hogan right now. I and I've said this before, but I never said this like all on podcast form. I think again, and I've said this a hundred million times. If you're starting Mount Rushmore, if it doesn't start with Hulk Hogan, you have you don't deserve to talk for wrestling ever again. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't but start with Dave Sullivan, if, as a businessman. Hogan, from a wrestling standpoint, not like Pasta Mania or anything bullshit like that. He's brilliant from bullshit. a wrestling. How dare you? <laughs> from, from, from a wrestling point of view and a businessman, he was brilliant. Mm-hmm. The only guy that comes close to him is Brock Lesnar. Um, yeah. But I'll, as buy a, it. I'll buy that. As someone, as from a creative standpoint, I think Hogan is the worst of all time. With anybody with pull or any kind of power, he would fucking drive a multi trip like he would drive Amazon into the ground without even having to touch it. Like he'd he- be like, he'd be like, what if we put a Fu Manchu and all the smiley faces in the pockets? <laughs> <laughs> like he and I'm looking back here at 94, and like they had some really good talent on in there. And like I look at the end of this pay-per-view where fucking avalanches typhoon or is walking down to the ring i'm like what this is all and then fucking brutus the barber beefcake it is like going to be a main event of halloween of a uh, starcade and i'm thinking oh, brother brutai you and i was you like savage and i'm thinking who how can anyone be like in a, in a creative meeting which sucks because the idiot has full right power here how can someone go Wow, you so uh, brother, you want um, you and Brutus the fucking barber beefcake to main event our biggest pay per view of the year? Yeah, I, yeah, brother, I think we're gonna tear the house down. You, you, that's a great idea. You should do it. Like you gotta be kidding me. And it's just and like this is and again this is why Bischoff doesn't get enough credit. Hogan joined NWO because he knew right then and there. Well, fuck, if someone's got something that creative and that's money, well, I'll just act like I was part of this the entire time. I'll jump right in and be the leader of the NWO. The second he knew Sting was the real guy that that was wanted for this, he's like, Sting ain't getting that money. I ain't I ain't gonna let him get in on this. Like that that's what I hate about Hulk Hogan. I hate Hulk Hogan and I love him at the same time because I, I think he is a toxic poison to the wrestling business after he left Vince. Once he left Vince, he was just a a toxic human being. And I think he literally destroyed a lot of careers and walked over a lot of people. One of the careers he almost destroyed, thank God the guy that it was, is 10 times the, the, the performer than him was Stone Cold. And he basically is the reason Steve Austin left the company basically yeah. after this show. Yeah, and remember like, remember the, the Hogan promo he caught in ECW when he was exactly. dressed as Hogan? So, Steve Mania. Yeah, yeah. so <laughs> I'm going to skip over 
everything. A couple things here. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you're, you're gonna talk about the over the uh, the 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 Dustin Rhodes Arn Anderson match, which ended with like a piss pants roll up. It was that it was, looked it was bad. It was both of their so worst. So match. weak that uh, my kitten could could have kicked out of it. Yeah. So, so George, my question is, I, I'm really? Because Dustin Rhodes did, did that king. Dustin Rhodes did a king of the road match not long after this. So. Mm-hmm. That's true. I thought the King of Rome matches before this. No, it was after this because he got fired after it because oh. him and the black boy bladed. bladed. It. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. Um, I, I got a question though, real fast. Do you think Hogan's idea was basically when he went to Cal- Kevin Sullivan, which I believe at the time was the head booker of WCW? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he was just like, uh, "Hey, brother, uh, you want to have your brother dress up in a uh, a Hulk Hogan robe, and I'll sign these boots and tell him it's from." Uh, when I when I slammed Andre brother and, oh. Kevin, Sullivan, and Kevin Sullivan's like, yeah, all right. <laughs> That's yeah, because he's well, what's it, Kevin well, even, Sullivan gonna say? Right. Like yeah. sure. Well, even Bishop, like I, I listened to, to to the 83 weeks with uh about this after you mm-hmm. mentioned it. Is that a new episode? I gotta catch up. Uh, no, it was it was from last year actually. I was I'll, I'll uh, yeah. it out though. It was good. Yeah, was but good. um but Bischoff was saying said they they invested so much money into Hogan that their goal was just to make him happy. Yeah, I know. At at the at the, the deficit of the company and it hurt yeah. them. So George, I want to give you the floor here about Austin since I, I kind of segued into that. So kind of go into that whole thing. Even Bischoff, who ended up telling a couple lies that he was yeah. different than his stories from a couple years ago, but kind of go into that whole thing about what we were talking about. Well, well, first things first, I want to, you have to talk about the match um, and the events leading up to it. Okay. Um, Ricky Steamboat beat Steve Austin for the U.S. title, but he had to vacate it because of injury. Mm-hmm. So the belt reverted back to Steve Austin. Um, Nick Bockwinkle, who was the, I guess, the general manager of WCW at the time, sure, mm-hmm. uh, told Hogan or, or to, to told all well, you're going to defend that belt right now, and then Hacksaw Jim Duggan comes out, and it's like, okay, um, the match appears. Jim Duggan did a back body jerk, mm-hmm. and he, he right, in the middle of the ring, yeah, after a back body drop, yeah, yeah, most devastating. So, which led to this match. Yeah, and that was a fall, and that was a fall brawl. So that yeah. was a month prior. So, which led to this match, which is a rematch: Jim Duggan versus Steve Austin for the mm-hmm. United States Heavyweight Championship, the number two belt in the company at a time when being the having the number two belt meant you were getting hot shotted right to the top for a main mm-hmm. event run. Well, obviously that didn't happen because. Mm-hmm. Considering who was signed with the company just a few months prior, there's a very good reason why Steve Austin dropped that belt. And it was it was widely believed that the reason why Austin dropped that belt is because his popularity was starting to soar and it Hogan was threatened by it. So that's why that's not me making speculation. That's on Dean, I sent you and Chris, I sent you both the screenshot from Austin's mm-hmm. Wikipedia page that that yeah. was the reason why they stifled him. And this match ended by disqualification in the most retarded fucking way possible. Mm-hmm. Jim Duggan got thrown over the 
top rope and the ref rang the bell for disqualification. Mm-hmm. Any point in well, wrestling that was, has, that was that was a rule in WWE at the time. Which is dumb. That's, that's Bill Watts, baby. Yeah, Bill, Bill, Bill Watts Bill Fox, wasn't. Bill Watts. But, he, but he was gone by now. Yeah, yeah but that was kept, something. That yeah, that's that's one of the rule that he kept that they yeah, kept they, when they he kept left. That rule for a while. Yeah, that if you threw somebody over the top rope, it was automatic disqualification. Which doesn't make any, which doesn't make any sense because Johnny B. Bag can jump off the top rope onto somebody, and that's a legal move. Mm-hmm. But throwing someone over the top rope is, and and it's Jim Duggan, so he's not like. Going over the apron and landing on the floor, he's gonna fucking fumble and bumble his way to the mm-hmm. goddamn ground. Hey, he was in pretty good shape here, actually. Yeah, but he's still dugging, so he's got like mm-hmm. three moves, and four of them are the uh three-point stance. Oh yeah, <laughs> tough guy. So Austin and Duggan kind of continue kind of going back and forth. Austin never gets the upper hand. He ends up injuring his knee one of a thousand times because mm-hmm. we all know about his knee braces. So he's out of action for a bit. He comes back by about like, I think it was around fall brawl of the next year because they hold that tournament for the U.S. title where he does beat Duggan again, but then loses in the next round to Randy Savage in two minutes and 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. After that is when Austin gets injured and then he's fired by FedEx. Yep. And then from there, obviously, we know he goes to ECW. He cuts those scathing promos in WCW, has two matches in ECW, and then and then boom, he signed a WF like at the at the start of 96. Mm-hmm. Now, if you listen to the 83 Weeks podcast when they talk about this, when they talk about this match. Bischoff says it was after this match that Austin shaved his head and left for WWF, which not true. You fired him mm-hmm. 11 months later. Yep. Austin was still with the company almost a full year before he was fired via FedEx mm-hmm. while he was injured mm-hmm. because Bischoff did not see him as a draw. And this no this Hogan didn't see him as a draw, and neither did Bischoff because right. that was also part of it as well. Hogan, I think, feared his popularity, so that's mm-hmm. why he was Hogan feared then, anybody who could challenge his popularity. I mean, let's be honest, Hogan. The reason why they brought the Warrior in two years or four years—I'm sorry, four years after this—but they brought him in was solely to get Hogan's fucking victory back over. Mm-hmm. There's a sole now, reason they brought that guy in. Now, now picture this, Dean. And, and Chris, like you're Steve Austin, you're stunning Ooh. Steve Austin, right? You were in a successful tag team with Brian Pillman. The Ooh. Hollywood Blondes are, are, are regarded Love that to this day, one of the greatest tag teams of all time, top 10 on any list. Um, he had a, a great singles run when he was a U.S. champ, part of the Dangerous Alliance with uh, Paulie Dangerous and Rick Rude was part and Bobby Eaton. Too, oh, also part of that such a good fact. As, as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So some stellar workers he's basically been told by dusty hey we're gonna hot shot you to the top mm-hmm. and all of a sudden hogan gets signed you drop that belt in five seconds to a fucking walking joke in hacksaw jim duggan mm-hmm. he was two who was 10 years older than austin and looked 20 years older than austin in the <laughs> ring mm-hmm. he's like austin never gets that belt back he's fired mm-hmm. when he's injured 
And Chris is one I, I sent to you earlier. I talk about motivation. No wonder Austin wanted nothing to do with Hogan when Hogan came back to WF mm-hmm. in 2000. Absolutely. Because I guarantee now, it too that Hogan would have never put Austin over. Now, ever. Now, ever. we have the benefit of hindsight because now it's 2022 and we can look back on history about this. Mm-hmm. Now, Picture your Austin when you're in WWF and you start making that rise and you're watching the company turn over and your merch is, you can't keep your shirts on the stands. Yeah. WWF takes over. WCW goes out of business while you are the number one guy in the rival company. Is that not the ultimate fuck you to mm-hmm. Hulk Hogan? Yeah. yeah. Like, like Hogan <clears throat> got Austin fired mm-hmm. and then Austin was like, yeah, Fuck you! I'm putting your company out of business. Well, Hogan, Hogan put his own company out of business. And you have to remember at this point too, Bischoff saw, and he said this before, he saw the writing on the wall in terms of the rapid decline of the popularity of Hulk Hogan around '94 here, and he mm-hmm. saw that guys like Austin were getting cheered a lot, and that a lot of people were responding to a guy like that. And then he's like, "Oh God, this is not going to go over well," because he had already gone to Hogan and ask him like, Hey, we might want to turn you heel here. This isn't going the way we thought, but at that point, even all the way to the end, doesn't matter. Not, even at that point, doesn't matter from the start in the contract, Hogan literally had 100% creative control over his character and what mm-hmm. he does. So he could have been getting booed to the rafters in 94. <clears throat> if he didn't want to turn heel, he wasn't going to turn heel. And he didn't yeah. until he realized mm-hmm. like, Oh, there's money here. There, you know, this is what I got to do. Well, I don't want, I first, don't want Sting to get this. First, we got Dark Hogan for a little bit when he was in the, uh, when he was in the uh, fucking cemetery with the sword and mask mm-hmm. on, fucking quoting Shakespeare and shit like that. So yeah. of course we got, we got a little bit of that first, and then he, then you know, then he turned. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I've always said, you know, I guess, I, I guess, are, are Chris, are we, are we taking a break? Or are you going to wrap up? You, you, you can take a break. Okay. Um, <clears throat> you know, I have like I, I've always said it. I hated. Maybe outside of like the first, when I was a kid, even as a kid, maybe like that initial like first six months, I despised Hogan in this con- company. It just mm-hmm. did not work. Hogan in WCW just did not work. And because again, it was, it was, it was mm-hmm. kind of like when he went to TNA, it didn't work, even though he didn't really wrestle in TNA, but it, it didn't work. TNA was like a borderline kind of like territory ish mm-hmm. again. You know, uh, and it was just like you, you're bringing in your, you know, I hate to say it, so you're bringing in New York to the territories, and, and yeah. people don't really like that. And you know, it's it's. I mean, listen, we, we kind of deal with that now, and you know, I, I won't bring them up really, but it, I, I can see why some people of the fans of AEW would bitch about that too, because it's mm-hmm. like you're you're bringing in New York guys to what you know their own little thing. So like, you know, we've seen it happen in the past, and and I just think Hogan in WCW, you knew it was doomed. From the moment that the face of WCW, Ric Flair, was never, ever, ever going to go over Hulk Hogan. Right. And he I mean, never did. He and never also, did. And, and also Hogan, like you talk about the decline in popularity. It's because it was the same shit <clears throat> we've seen for mm-hmm. 10 years. Yeah. You like, could tell it too. was fucking stale. It just didn't, you know, the, the Seder prayers and in, in the, the fucking pose, like for 10 years straight, like we saw that in another yeah. company. Yeah. Like. He was the he was the, the the biggest guy in the world, and when it goes mm-hmm. to be the same thing, it's like mm-hmm. this doesn't feel special. I've seen this already. Yeah, yeah. exactly. No, I totally I, agree with that. You can I tell agree. too with the WCW crowd. Maybe 
like in the, at first they were like, oh, this is awesome. But then it was just kind of like, once well, the, it's, just, it's just the same shit. Yeah, you once know? the nostalgia it, wore off, it wasn't it's, there anymore. It's very similar to, I, and you can really equate it to when Hogan came back um, in 2006, when he, when he did that program with Orton, he felt it was very dated. It felt kind of bland. I mean, people still pop for him, but you watch it and go, I don't feel the same as I did when you came back and faced the rock, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Or like when you were teaming up, you know, with, uh, who do you win the tie belts with edge? edge. Like that edge. was a cool little run. And then of course he had a, a, a good program with Sean and stuff like that. It just didn't feel the same when he came yeah. back. And that's kind of how you look back now. And I remember even then going just like, Hey, this doesn't feel the same as it did in WWF. You yeah, know? I agree. Um, all right, we're going to take our one and only break here. When we get back, mm-hmm. we'll wrap up the show by talking about the that, main event. That don't um, work for me, brother. No, it works for me. Um, <laughs> uh, we'll be right back in just a few seconds. Uh, just stay with us. Welcome back, Hot Tag Wrestling Podcast. We're wrapping up Fall Broad, uh, Fall Broad, Halloween Havoc 1994 here. Um, Chris froze up. I know. Yeah, oh, hey. That's a rarity. Am we, I here? We can he- yeah, we can hear you. Your face is just like, Ugh. Oh, okay. <laughs> look, like, look like you're about to piss the punch bowl. Oh, dear. Um, no, he's, he's pissing his own pants in the corner with his knees buckled. <laughs> <laughs> so here we are, Steel Cage. Oh, back. <laughs> Steel Cage retirement match for the WCW title. Hulk Hogan. I guess, I guess what you can call that thing. <laughs> as the champion versus uh, Ric Flair with Sensuous Sherry. Um, Michael Buffer does the introductions here. Like, can I just say that probably by like 1995, I was kind of done with the Michael Buffer thing. Um, really? Yeah, I, I just, I can't take it. Like, I remember, and it's funny, I remember at one point, it was Royal Rumble 2008 at Madison Square Garden, and he was introducing Shawn Michaels, and he introduced him as Heartbreak Kid, and then that was it. He didn't say, like, Shawn Michaels, he just said, now entering number one, Heartbreak Kid. I'm like, what? <laughs> um I think I, I think it only works as the main event of like a major pay per view. Like he was doing mm-hmm. like nitros too, so it was like okay, yeah. well it's not really that special, right? You know. Uh, let's see. Buffer does the introductions, like I said, and says Flair is unaccustomed to the role of challenger. Flair is an eleven-time champion at this point, um, so I'm pretty sure he's accustomed to losing. Um, then Hogan enters, and Brother Brudeye nearly trips over the entrance set, which was <sighs> hilarious. Um, Buffer calls Hogan the king of Hulkamania. That's not a typo. Uh, Michael uh, Buffer doesn't know that it's Hulkamania. Um, let's see here. Buffer also tries to introduce Mr. T, but he keeps getting interrupted by Hogan's posing. Um, he finally gives a signature line, and the cage lowers, kind of, if you want to call it a cage. It's basically like fence that you would that you would literally buy, like the cheapest fencing you can buy. Um, and just kind of try to tape it Which together. Makes no sense because for, you know what this had to be. This had to be Hogan because the cages they used before this were like yeah, obviously they always used the chain link fence for the cage. Mm-hmm. You know they didn't use that terrible fucking blue cage, oh, which was that, awful. Um, yeah, um, but this was this had to be like Hogan going like yeah I, I we can't this has to be like yeah right together with zip ties mm-hmm. like go buy go go to a local fencery and fucking for get sure. some uh get some fencing yeah so. it, it was you know it was really I, rickety I, 
Well, the only reason WWF used the blue cage is so the camera could go through it. Correct. Yeah. yeah I've it seen, had, it I've had seen nothing to do better, with the actual cage itself. I've seen better fencing in vacant lots. Yeah. <laughs> um, it looks Ricky, like I said. I mean, it took him. It was hard for him to look like they, they were even securing it correctly. But whatever. This isn't, you know, it, the high it quality. It came down cages. on an angle, Chris. It really did. It was like a, it was like <laughs> in pieces coming down. As far as it just wasn't like swinging. I, like I when, know when the when the the fucking raptor jumped on the bones at the end of Jurassic Park and they were just like <laughs> swinging everywhere. <laughs> um. Also, there are no escape rules in this cage match. It can only end by pinfall or submission. Um, I hate that. It, you know what's weird? And I know WCW had a no blood policy back then, and I'm not a fan of blood in wrestling unless like it's really, really yeah. meaningful. If I you're agree. Gonna, I mean, it's got to be warranted. If you're going to have a cage match with Flair and Hogan, <laughs> why even – and you can't have blood, why even book a cage match to begin with? Yeah. Two, two, two of the guys who were, the, who were king at bleeding. Right. You know, yeah. I mean, Flair bleeds just you know, whenever, and Hogan yeah. would do it when he needed to overcome uh, a big enemy. Right, agreed. Um, look, you know, this was a very entertaining match. Hogan, of course, as we know, 1994, he doesn't lose. Uh, wins in just under 20 minutes. Um, 1984, 1994, 2004, he never yes. lose. <laughs> yep. Um, I enjoyed the match. The crowd was really hot for this the entire time, and they structured the match. I felt pretty well like just right i thought hogan you know even gave flair a surprising amount of offense they had to throw in a bit of the bells and whistles and and that's okay because it it Mm. worked um you know it's it's a hogan match so you know flair can go with guys like steamboat and like or like a michaels but hogan really couldn't so you kind of have to have those bells and whistles but it made sense and it wasn't extra um i thought heenan also added to this he was great on commentary he did such a great job at showing his hatred for 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 Hulk um, and injecting some emotion into that match. Um, you know, Hogan gets the win after you know a lot of little um, brouhaha, I guess you can say, uh, a lot of you know banana going on with uh, uh, Sherry trying to climb the cage and then Sting or Jimmy Hart stripping her down to her basically her lingerie. Um, I mean, that's great. Roll Tide on that. Um, <laughs> And then you have Sting get tied. And then you have uh, thanks, Conrad. Yeah, right. And then you have um, you know Sting getting involved finally. I'm sure Hulk was pissed about that. Um, and so you know the cage raises at the end here, and Hogan celebrates with Mr. T after Doug Dillinger unlocks the cuffs that were put on him. Um, Heenan starts crying while Hogan hugs uh, Muhammad Ali. He says he hopes the fans are happy. Hogan poses for a while, but the masked man returns. He tries hitting Hogan with a pipe, but Hulk catches him because for some reason you're going in to hit Hulk Hogan. You're going to wait for him to turn around all of a sudden. Just so terrible. He knocks the man down with one punch and motions he's going to remove the mask. He succeeds and reveals it's Brutus the fucking barber beefcake. Um, Hogan turned to pander to the crowd so he doesn't see his face until he turns. Hogan reacts with shock. While Heenan yells, he butchered a friendship. God, Heenan, <laughs> Heenan beat the shit out of that word. Like yeah. at the end, it was like mm-hmm. he it, like it was like every third word. Oh, he butchered a friendship. Butcher, 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 butcher. Mm-hmm. I wonder what Brutus is changing his name to. Right. Uh, uh, Hogan demands an answer, but let's not forget who we need to have for a second time tonight. Kevin Sullivan arrives. <laughs> um, 
And then well, come God. rumbling down to the arena and through the down to the ring is Avalanche, um, who we knew was what earthquake and typhoon hey, or whatever. And in, and in case you didn't know, he used to be earthquake. He's basically wearing the same fucking attire he wore and he was earthquake. That's correct. Complete with the seismic fucking thing on it. Yep. Because there's one thing you know about avalanches. Well, look, Hogan's got to get his win back, so he's 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 here getting a paycheck. Uh, he did says he, this is did earthquake ever get a win over Hogan. Well, I mean, he put him out, so he got over on a on a storyline, which means Hogan probably felt like he was beaten. Um, so had to make yeah, sure. Wasn't wasn't that the storyline um, with uh, Yokozuna? He, that was the yeah after yeah a couple years later yeah. Earthquake sure. wasn't earthquake wasn't with Yokozuna. Yeah, not no. I think no, but it was, was almost. Actually, the same I think thing. he was already gone out of no, the company. No, did I thought uh, I thought Hogan got he got avalanched earthquake or whatever, and 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 put him out, and that's when he came back and got the fireball from the cameraman in his face. Hmm. Mike, am, am I combining two things in my head? I think you're combining. Yeah, you're two combining things. two things. Um, but look at the end here. I thought the whole end. It looked the match, and I said bell to bell. I think it was Hogan's best match he's ever done. Um, so I got to give credit to Flair there, but also Hogan. Hogan looked really good here. He moved well. Basically, um, he looked great. This is the. I mean, he looked way better here than he did in towards the end in WWE. Uh, WWE oh, for sure. You know? He looked physically really good here. He was really, really like muscular, and he mm-hmm. it looked like he got like kind of small and flat for a while. Probably yeah. got off some, some of the gear. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, look at the end. What really hurt this whole thing was brother brother brood i was beefcake being the guy here it was just as soon as you it was revealed that it was beefcake in your head you're like oh my god this is just a whole thing for hogan um you have so many other avenues to go but this is what they're gonna go with and i i immediately just went i sighed at the end of watching this thinking oh my god like this is ridiculous like and it just continued that and then at starcade it's the main event Beefcake and Hogan. Are you kidding me? God, I can't wait to hear you talk about 98. Now, <laughs> now just to give you a little bit of context, <laughs> this could have been, should have been Bader, but Absolutely. was not. Due to, and guys, I hope we both are sitting down for this and you're not going to yeah, pull any drink. You're not going to pull any sips from your drinks. I don't want you to spew uh, liquid on the camera. Um, <laughs> They didn't want to go with Vader because he was apparently not the easiest person to do business with. <laughs> well, you, you can't yeah, mix that with Hogan. What, what that basically means is Vader didn't want to do what Hogan wanted to do. Yeah. So he gets, so just like Austin gets pegged as hard to work with. Yeah, it's it's terrible. Um, all and, right, and and the and the unmasking. We're real quick, Chris. I want to. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, that's right. Go ahead. Tag on us. The unmasking. Brutus looks scared when he got unmasked. Ooh. It's like, dude, you're the one who's been attacking Hogan. Like mm-hmm. he should have like squared up and just stared him in the eyes and stared him out. But no, like he looks like he he looks like a dog who was cowering when his drunk owner came home. Like. <laughs> Dude, you were the one who had the upper hand. Why are you cowering in fear when you know that there's like it made no sense? Yeah. It made no sense storyline wise. Hogan just had to look like the fucking guy. 
Yeah. I mean, that's basically what it was. And I mean, it's been proven even right here. It was proven time and time again. So it, it's just ridiculous. Um, all right. Overall, boys, uh, what do you give uh, this this show out of 10? Three. That's where I sat. Four. Yeah. I, I also, wanted to go uh, four and we, then I got mad we, at Beefcake. We didn't we didn't touch on this. I'm we skipped right over to right to the main event. We we skipped right over this to go to the main event. Um the, the nasty boys beat Terry Funk and Buckhouse Funk in a tag match after Terry Funk got pile driven on a pumpkin. <laughs> and just to let you know, that was the last time anybody saw Terry Funk in WW until the year 2000. Well, you know, there's nothing more devastating during Halloween than a pumpkin. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, I gave it a three as well. And that's basically the main event. The main event really pushed this over for me to get to that three mark. Um, so yeah, you know, it's, it's, that's, that's where I sit. So next week, <laughs> what are you sending us? <laughs> <laughs> so next I can see the little I gave it a brother out of 10. Oh, so, <laughs> so three brothers out of 10. <laughs> so what page? Um, so then, Ooh. yeah. So uh, next week we will wrap up some WCW stuff with Halloween Havoc 1998. Literally the coup de gras of professional wrestling. And I cannot wait to, to wrap it up. Yeah. This year. So like I said, yeah, next week, we're going to be recording two shows. You guys next week are going to get Halloween Havoc 1998. I will be away on vacation the following week. However, I will drop No Mercy 2000 for you guys to check it out. Uh, so looking forward to those two. And then we'll get back on track once I return. Uh, again, Hot Tag Podcast on Instagram. Thank you guys very much for continuously downloading the show. It seems like every week we post, the numbers go up. And I really appreciate that, guys. Um, so thank you. Uh, Dean George, I really appreciate it. Uh, I hope everybody has a great rest of their week and weekend, and uh, we will catch you guys down the road. Have a good one. Bye-bye.